In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this week I dragged out a big old book from underneath one of the bookcases. It was my high school annual. I got all four of them out and was leafing through them. I did so on purpose because I knew that there was all that official content, pictures and lists and things like that. But I was looking in those impromptu content pieces that are in the cover, you know, the things that your chums wrote on the blank pages or somewhere in. Maybe you have those comments. Some of them are kind of full of uh, actual things and memories But some of them are kind of perfunctory lines, and one of them that comes up from time to time, maybe you had it in your yearbook as well. Don't ever change. Stay just like you are. I think that's maybe a throwaway line in some cases, but more probably, if you have that, somebody noticed something in your personality and in your behavior that was worth hanging on to. And sure, we should. We should, if we have any of those characteristics, hang on to them and never change, stay just like we are. But of course, in the Christian life, we're not about staying just like we are. The core of us is to stay. What we received at our baptism, what we see from time to time in our deepest prayers, yes, we want that core of our life in Christ to remain intact, unchanging. But we are in a process, we Christians. We are always in a process of transformation. What's happening is a sanctifying process of the Holy Spirit that tries to get how we respond with the things we decide to do our own human free will, matching up with the sanctified one that Christ has made us. We want who we are in Christ to match how we are out there. Last week, one of the new saints on the calendar, I don't know if they've made it, There was two characters of the Oxford movement. Now, this was a 19th century movement in England and then made its way over to the United States. And uh, this one fellow, Charles Gore, was being um, written about. And uh, learning from the Oxford movement is, is interesting because on the one hand, they have a very high notion of the church and therefore they have very elaborate ritual with their religion. Their practice of the faith of Christ is filled with candles and vestments and how to hold your hands and where to carry everything and how to do things just very properly. The idea, of course, is to bring the liturgy Uh, into an experience, bring the worshipers into the experience of a transcendent Lord. At the same time, the Oxford movement folk were interested in discovering Christ, not only the transcendent one in the Mass, 
but discovering Christ in the streets. The Oxford movement was about discovering how it is that Christ is out there among the least of these, your brothers and sisters. I think it was Pusey that said, uh, you cannot worship Christ in the host, in the mass, unless you're accustomed to recognizing Christ in the eyes of the hungry person. So as you dish up that soup in the soup kitchen, you are doing something very profoundly related to what you're doing when you come to the altar rail. Now this is a way of having your religious practices all just radically connected to your expression of service. You're living out of the gospel in the world. We get a nice dose of this kind of notion, both in the collect and in the epistle, and implied in the other scriptures, this idea of what is our true religion? What is true religion? The word religion gets a terrible rap these days. Everybody wants to be spiritual, not religious. This may only be a partial uh, accurate uh, description of the origin of the term, but I relate the word religion to the Latin legere, a connector, something that's probably in the word also ligament, which connects. And if religion is a reconnection of us to our source, then religion is something good. What happens is that I, and I think other people do this too, turn the trappings of the religion into the thing itself so that we're more worried about how to do this or that and just to do the mechanics instead of the thing toward which the mechanics are designed to bring us. In other words, a connection with God. James is a, an amazing epistle. This must have been quite a figure. It's hard to, for us to know exactly who, which James is James. But uh, he, uh, he's kind of a fusion of the Greek world and the Jewish world. We see this very much so in the epistle today, this part of James's writings that says, you know, uh, every good and perfect gift comes to us from above, from the Father of lights. And this is a very Platonic, very Greek idea of the unchanging one in heaven providing these gifts to us. We creatures who are down here where everything changes. And we are to take these gifts and make available the possibility of people seeing the divine life even in the midst of this crazy and chaotic world. And he says now, uh, the word was given and the word is in you. He says now, don't just hear the word and then never do it. But integrate what you discover about the world, 
about the word into the world. Make your life out there match the word that you discover in here. What about this idea of undergoing the change by discovering the word within you? Discover who you are in Christ, your identity in Christ. How do you do that? By many means. And I know you already have some practices that reliably accomplish that for you. But one of the simplest ones is in prayer, in getting quiet enough in this incredibly distracted world, this amazingly overscheduled reality that we have made for ourselves, but getting quiet enough to go to a temple, a temple that is with us always, the temple of our own heart. You know, uh, almost exactly six years ago, I was just getting back from a sabbatical, my only sabbatical, a wonderful one. I had made a trip to England and to parts thereabout and uh, had seen a lot of great things. And two of the places I went that felt like pilgrimages were one, Canterbury, and the other, this uh, cathedral in Wales on the, on the western coast, St. David's, tiny little village, but a pretty special cathedral. And uh, there is a saying I may have shared with you before with St. David's, uh, you go as a tourist, but you come away as a pilgrim. And you've made pilgrimages to Jerusalem, maybe, to um, some special place in your own family life, maybe where your people are from in this own country. But the thing you discover about pilgrimages when they're great ones is that there's a pilgrimage that you can make any day. You can even make every day. Now, it's a long one. It is the pilgrimage from your head to your heart. It's a long way, but when you get there, what you find of your heart is that it is a temple. In Paul's letter, first letter to the Corinthians 3.16, Paul says, Surely you know that you are God's temple, where the Spirit of God dwells. And Paul speaks elsewhere about how his work is getting people to understand that Christ is in them. He says, I go all about, because for a long, long time, this mystery, this secret was unknown, but God has made it known. When Christ came into the world, and the secret is this, the hope, Christ in you, the hope of glory to come. Now when you go to this temple, when you sit quietly with the word which is Christ,
It is a way of looking into a kind of mirror where you discover the you that Christ is making. And as you gaze into that mirror, you can go away from your time of prayer and not forget what you've just seen, not forget the image that you just saw in the mirror, but in fact begin to recognize the Christ out there. You see, spending time in prayer doesn't make you into a recluse. Spending time in prayer can make you into a more engaged, more awake person recognizing and discovering Christ in other people and in the needs of this world. So whatever ways you find to undergo the change that God has in mind for you. Stick to it. Enjoy that. Because true religion, as the epistle and the collect have in mind for us, is not about externals. It's not even so much about the goal of being good. It's more about the reality of experiencing God in here and out there. So I hope you never change, that you're always the same, at least with respect to who you are in Christ. But I hope that you are enjoying all of the changes that God is working in you as you come to be who God is making you to be.